If you are an undergraduate who would like to get involved with the sports department, email us at sports at wcbn.org. You are listening to your home for Michigan Athletics, 88.3 WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. Locate us on the web at wcbn.org. 15 seconds remain. Hunwick has it. Forward to Tambellini. Tambellini, he'll shoot. Save there, and rebound comes to Hunwick. Six seconds remain. Tambellini shoots and scores. It comes around to Jeff Tambellini at the near side circle with 5.3 seconds remaining. Tambellini gives the Wolverines a 6-5 lead. Well, uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Gray Matters, the weekly news and media talk show. My name is Dick Whaley. And I'm Jim Dwyer. And I think I speak for all Americans. There's only 24 hours left of this crazy election, and I think everybody will be relieved when it's finally over. Well, I actually, in preparing my notes for today's program, I had an interesting Freudian slip, and I uh, put the date on the top of the paper as uh, November 6th, 2008. <laughs> I thought, whoops, no, it's not that election. Yeah, well, the... Uh they're already running that election, unfortunately, with all the publicity that Indeed. McCain and Barama, Barack Obama, are getting. Barama, it's sort of a amalgam of his name, as well as a am- mangling of it. But uh, I think the theme of this election is that old Chicago song, 25 or 6 to 4. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, yeah. Power chords. Power chords. Of course, the 25 is probably uh, roughly the number of seats that the uh, the Democrats are going to win in the House, and I think six to four is the uh, number they're going to win in the Senate. Question is, is it going to be six or is it going to be four? Or interestingly, if it's five, then the Senate is totally tied. But uh, yeah, I see pretty much a uh, even though the polls are supposedly tightening a bit, at least according to some of them. Pretty much a Republican wipeout here. I think if it weren't for gerrymandering, the Democrats would win easily, uh, probably even as many as 50 seats. But gerrymandering is going to keep the uh, Republican losses to a minimum. Um, I think the toss-up states are going to go to the Democrats uh, for the most part, although uh, I do believe that Corker is going to win in Tennessee and Harold Ford's uh, Run for the Senate in Tennessee, I think, uh, unfortunately, those uh, racist ads that played a couple of weeks ago uh, have benefited Corker. By the way, he spent more money uh, on TV ads than any other candidate, from what I ever read. And who would have thought that Montana, of all places, would be a interesting race to follow? Yeah, well, they have a complete moron uh, running for re-election up there named Conrad Burns. Uh, he's, I think, benefited a little bit in the polls from... Probably the decline of the third-party candidate there. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw the uh, Montana Senate debate on C-SPAN. It was entertaining. Tester is one of these guys that sort of uh, looks the part. He's got the flat-top crew cut. Uh, 
He's a third-generation rancher. Uh, real moderate, you know, kind of a big burly dude. Looks like a looks like a cowboy. Uh, probably can ride a horse and rope a calf. <laughs> so he may win just because of the. Uh, he's the. Uh, let's see. He's the president of the Senate in Montana, hmm. and uh, Montana interestingly has a. Uh, Democratic governor, and uh, surprisingly, in 1996, it, it did uh, vote for Bill Clinton. Um, so it's one of the few Western states that the Democrats have competed in uh, in the past. Of course, uh, Mike Man- Mike Mansfield was from Montana, the longtime uh, Democratic Senate Majority Leader uh, in the 60s and even into the 70s. And the West is interestingly an area where the Democrats seem to be making some real gains. Um, they apparently are going to win a number of uh, gubernatorial races out there and have made a number of House races competitive. When you see George Bush campaigning in Idaho and Nevada, you know, rural Nevada, um, Nebraska, Kansas, you get an idea that the uh, Republicans are in bad shape. So this generic thing, I think when you look at the final numbers, it's sort of in the anywhere between 8 and 14 points. Um, I thought that uh, James Carville had uh, some good insight on CNN today. He basically argued that 6 was the magic number, that if nationwide the Democrats outpoll the Republicans by more than 6 points, it's going to be a uh, Republican wipeout, as he puts it. And we ought to know early in the evening... Um, Indiana is being called a little bit of a bellwether state. They're one of the first states to have their polls closed. Hmm. But if you see some of these Republicans losing seats in Indiana, Connecticut, and upstate New York, uh, which could very well happen because uh, New York is going to be a Democratic landslide uh, for Hillary Clinton and uh, Elliot Spitzer, um, Republicans are in big trouble. However... Having said all of that, I think there are some things that are working for the Republicans' advantage. First of all, they continue to to, uh, really have a lot of negative ads. Um, They outspend the uh, Democrats big time. I think I uh, heard today that uh, Allen, George Allen, has outspent uh, outspent Webb in Virginia 4 to 1. Gerrymandering works to their benefit, as does uh, all of these voter suppression tactics including some of the confusion about voter IDs and mm. electronic ballots, that sort of baloney. And I think uh, that the Republicans' only two big wins are going to be uh, re-electing Joe Lieberman in Connecticut, and uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> will probably win in a uh, bit of a landslide out in California. Kind of a dubious win there uh, yeah. for Republican votes to put uh, Lieberman back. A nominal Democrat, essentially. And, of course, uh, some of the... Ballot initiatives uh, nationwide may benefit the Republicans marginally. Uh, the gay marriage. Missouri, interestingly, though, also has uh, stem cell research. Yeah. Um. But there's, a, of course, a lot of confusion about the stem cell research debate. Uh, some of the Republican Senate candidates have been able to publicly argue that they're in favor of stem cell research when, of course, what they're talking about is the adult stem cell research. Right versus the embryonic. And I think immigration is another wild card uh, issue uh, that could play into the hands of certain Republicans in certain districts. Um, 
but at the end of the day, I just don't see that as a major uh, handicap for any particular Democrat. I think what's interesting is that the Democrats are basically nationwide not really in trouble in any of the seats that they're trying to defend. Mm -hmm. So they're completely on offense. The Republicans are completely on defense. And, of course, uh, an even bigger blunder than uh, John Kerry's uh, botched joke was George Bush announcing that uh, Donald Rumsfeld uh, will remain as Secretary of Defense. Well, that is a real noose. And, of course, absentee ballots are probably already in the process of being shipped through the mail to wherever they're intended to be. Uh, I know that the armed uh, forces have already voted. Uh, and, of course, interesting that the Army Times, the you know old legendary Army newspaper there for the rank-and-file, literally rank-and-file uh, members of the armed forces, this is the old newspaper that Bill Maudlin's famous... Uh, Willie and Joe cartoons uh, featured in, in the World War II era has, in the most recent issue, uh, you know, made it an official editorial policy that Rumsfeld must go. Yeah. So when the Army Times is printing that, that's real. I mean, that's the writing on the wall. Well, the thing that I found bizarre about Bush's uh, statement in that regard was that there are a number of Republican Senate candidates that are campaigning on that very issue. Mm -hmm. Rumsfeld must go. So he sort of pulled the rug out from under them. But apparently, uh, in the states where um, the Republican candidate has this position, he hasn't been visiting these states. So the talking points aren't in order. He's uh, talking, you know, red meat to the uh, converted. And like I said, when you see him going to Kansas and Pensacola, Florida, and apparently the uh, Republican gubernatorial candidate in Florida has uh, said, well, I'm not showing up for that rally. Um, you get an idea of how uh, bad things really are uh, internally in terms of these uh, Republican polls, leaving aside uh, Karl Rove's math. Well, no, another quick brain damage sure. award that just goes into the category of uh, you couldn't write anything funnier than this, the, the evangelical uh, character out in Colorado. Right. That's just amazing. Apparently, uh, this is a guy who... Uh, is against gay marriage, but it, apparently gay sex is okay. Well, and more than that, <laughs> gay prostitution. Yeah. I mean, you know, Toss, ultimately, you know, I'm sure most of our listeners in this area are, are pretty much what William S. Burroughs would call Johnsons. You know, mind my own business. Yeah. Whatever you do inside your home, that's none of my business and doesn't concern me. So, fine, whatever. But then to, you know, publicly, you know, hide behind this wall of secrecy and publicly denounce you know, large numbers of your fellow citizens and fellow sexual appetites or whatever. <clears throat> but the crystal meth. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's crazy. It's unbelievable. I mean, like I say, you couldn't write anything uh, more humorous than this. And the fact that he pretty much had a weekly call to the president uh, gives you an idea of how uh, phony at the end of the uh, end of the day the Christian evangelical movement at some well, level and, is. And the extent to which that, you know, assemblage of uh, separate, you know, networking organizations um, uses the tax-exempt status of churches for the advancement of political agenda. The voter guides which have been distributed, uh, there's an article in the Financial Times today about a guy distributing 1.3 million of these voter guides throughout churches in Alabama. And while the, you know, booklets don't really say this is the guy you should vote for, it's pretty clear 
the way the agendas are underscored in them that uh, you're being led in one direction, which is fine, but tax-exempt status for that sort of activity does seem dubious. And I think one of the most interesting polls of, of the past week was the uh, New York Times CBS poll uh, that was conducted uh, basically between October 27th to October 31st nationwide in which registered voters were uh, asked questions. These, by the way, are not, quote, likely voters. Uh, but this just shows some absolutely amazing data that uh, I think reinforce why the Republicans are in big trouble. When you have rural areas supporting a generic Democrat, uh, 44 to 41, that's unbelievable. Um, or, for instance, evangelical Christians... Um, you know, looking at uh, who they're going to vote for, narrowly supporting a Democratic candidate over a Republican. <laughs> Bush got 80% of these folks in uh, the year uh, 2004, at least allegedly. And if, it, it, I mean, even if it were not even a marginal plurality for the Democrats, that's uh, those are rather remarkable numbers. Well, and it's, it, it is too early to tell, of course, whether or not this will pan out, first of all, and then secondly, whether or not this is some bellwether change, to use that term again, <clears throat> indicative of a trend, you know, a reversal of the, the pendulum of, you know, going backwards over the last uh, six years, has it been? Something like that. <laughs> it's a blur. Um, or is this just a sort of a response to the complete incompetence and collapse of this administration's purported agenda and their secret agenda, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, their secret agenda. And then, of course, you know, there are a, a litany of these Republican sex scandals. It's not just uh, right. Ted Haggard out there in Colorado. Uh, the crystal meth is, uh, <laughs> yeah, I bought it, but I threw it away. <laughs> that didn't seem too plausible, dude. That's how I get my, my kicks. I was tempted. <laughs> And then, of course, he goes into the uh, Christian, you know, hopefully they'll have a televised uh, Well, he didn't of, actually appear in front of his own congregation as, uh, you know, at least Jimmy Swaggart yeah. had the, uh, you know, <laughs> fortitude. Hopefully. But, of course, it was all public show there, too. Yeah, and hopefully he will uh, appear before the congregation. And, <laughs> and, and afterwards be confronted by some people who might say, dude. Can I get some crystal meth from you? <laughs> How do you do that stuff? <laughs> wow, that's cool. Yeah, massage, dude. Jeez, unbelievable. Well, before we get too uh, far down that, but I, I want to touch back on Carrie because I don't. Want, I'm not going to give him a brain damage award, but I think a wiener award for apologizing mm -hmm. because what he really should have done is explain and gone into greater depth on what he meant because i think well he did for a day but the problem he did for a day uh, yeah. he was basically touching on the exact same series of statistics and, and mm -hmm. news articles that i spoke about last week college costs rising um high schools having cutbacks and so quality of education is affected there and the military's recognition that they don't have enough manpower to do the afghanistan and iraq wars simultaneously and i think that's what carrie's kind of talking about it's a sort of a vietnam era language to say, you know, oh, you want to make sure and stay in college so you don't get drafted. Um, and, of course, he should have gone on to explain that rather than simply apologize. Nobody thinks that the Army is full of idiots. I mean, 
I know guys in the Army. You know people in the Army. Everybody knows somebody who's in the Army. And let's face it, a lot of these people are highly educated and, you know, have families and are on their second and third tours of duty and so forth. So nobody but the most mean-spirited hater is going to think that's what Carrie meant. Well, that was the thing that was so bizarre about it was it allowed um, the media to go on a kind of a... Let's bash Kerry for two days and allowed Bush and his minions to invent what Kerry said. I right. mean, anybody that saw the videotape could tell that Kerry was had just sort of walked up on stage. He was going into a rant against George Bush, and he was looking down at the line. You know, it was obviously written by somebody else. He botched the reading of the joke, whether the joke itself... Um, should have even been written down uh, was the problem. I think basically what happened to the guy was he was sort of glancing up and then he glanced down and he missed the line that he was supposed to read and he just saw the punchline and it came out wrong. It was a mangled joke, obviously. But uh, for the uh, Republican Party to try and exploit that and then claim for two days that this Kerry was basically making a wisecrack against the military is, is ludicrous. He wasn't. Um, he defended himself angrily for one day. Then, of course, all the Democrats called him up and told him, you better apologize. Well, when is George Bush going to apologize for the war in Iraq? When is he going to apologize for the $2.5 trillion of uh, deficits that now, have been created? We don't even know if Cheney apologized for shooting his friend in the face. And yeah, exactly. These guys don't do that. They don't apologize because apologizing, apparently, in the eyes of the mainstream media is a sign of weakness. Um so I, to me, yeah, it turned into a kind of a unnecessary sideshow, but uh, you got to give a brain damage award to the uh, media for trying to uh, distort this story. Um, and I think that Frank Rich put it quite well in his column yesterday that this is no longer a case of red versus blue. This is fact versus fiction. Uh, and he talks a little bit about this whole uh, mythical truthiness as he talks about it. It's the truth versus truthiness. And I don't watch enough of the Daily Show to know uh, what the references are all over the uh, <clears throat> about Colbert and all that stuff. But let's remember that it was George Bush that joked around uh, looking for the weapons of mass destruction under, under a desk, under his desk. Um, is that is that offensive or what? And has Bush apologized? Of right. course not. Talk about a botched joke. Yeah. So, or even mission accomplished could yeah. be seen as a botched joke. So, I mean, there's all sorts of botched policies that uh, have not been uh, apologized for, and I doubt that they will be because, uh, George, uh, this is about Iraq, stupid. Well, and here's and another. Katrina. Yeah. Know. Well, for sure. Here's another brain damage award, though, for Bush. This letter that he wrote basically gifting to Israel the settlements. Mm -hmm. Now, this is a personal correspondence from leader of country to leader of country, and this is being looked at in some circles as one of the most influential, potentially influential documents in Mideast history since the Balfour Declaration. <clears throat> the British you know, white government white paper that basically suggested the creation of a Jewish homeland in Palestine back in 1917 um, for all sorts of various historical and political reasons. Um, this is bizarre. I mean, this is foreign policy being advanced by kind of fait accompli. Here you go. And, of course, Ariel Sharon, who emerges every once in a while from uh, his, his coma, but not sufficiently to ever reclaim power, this is his long-term agenda. This is what he worked his life for, 
was for these settlements to become fait accompli, part of Israel, and George Bush has gifted it to them. And, of course, there's uh, been uh, fighting in Gaza all week. I think 45 Palestinians killed, um, Israeli snipers hitting children in the head. I thought, you know, who knows what's happening there? Is that somebody, some girl who walks in front of her father uh, while the sniper's getting ready to shoot dad? Who knows? But a headshot from a sniper is not an accident. Well, in that whole incident at the mosque where they actually opened fire on uh, protesting women, um, that looked like, speaking of jokes, almost a scene out of uh, the life of Brian, the Monty yeah. Python thing. Um, well, and in the midst of all this, in today's times, there's a story by Greg Meyer. I'll just briefly move on after this. Um, Israel vows to attack Gaza until rockets subside. Well, one person's been killed by the rockets, and now 45 Palestinians dead. You have this um, Avigdor Lieberman, a uh, far-right politician in the Israeli cabinet, who is openly calling for transfer, which is the euphemism for ethnic cleansing. That's the subtext to this tension. Uh, you know, Hamas is being pressured for the, You know, they refuse to recognize Israel. Well, part of the legal discourse there that doesn't get mentioned in the West is that recognition of Israel has complicit within it a, you know, reneging of the Palestinian right of return, which is, of course, a universal human right to be allowed to go back to your home after military action has subsided. So they're being asked to give that up. And ethnic cleansing is openly discussed in the Israeli cabinet. Yeah, and let's also give a brain damage award to the Bush administration and uh, members of the Republican uh, Senate and House Intelligence Committees that apparently put documents on the web about nuclear uh, material um, that the government was forced to uh, bring the site down after the New York Times uh, pretty much published this story. Uh, it, it's just absolutely bizarre. You know, this was an effort by the uh, GOP to try and resuscitate the weapons of mass destruction baloney. Uh, you will recall that... Uh, House Intelligence Committee Chairman uh, Peter Hoekstra of Michigan, mm. along with Rick Santorum, had a little press conference back, uh, oh, so many months ago, claiming that we had found the weapons of mass destruction. Of course, what it turned out they'd found were like old mustard gas canisters from the 80s. Um, these people go to know... <laughs> go to every length they can to try and ex post facto justify the war in Iraq. Uh, it's bordering on the bizarre when you really look at uh, the fact that this uh, web archive apparently had been up and running for several months uh, and that the Republican uh, chairman of these committees claimed that, the, that there was a risk involved in putting these documents on the web, but it was, quote, manageable. <laughs> Uh, yeah, on whose authority? <laughs> Just uh, make sure that Reverend Haggard uh, isn't uh, surfing the web. <laughs> well, speaking of mustard gas, I suppose it's worth briefly commenting on the, the Saddam Hussein verdict. Uh, obviously, the guy's a scumbag, and nobody's surprised that he, it's, he's deemed worthy of execution. Today's, in our, uh, today's New York Times has that as the banner headline with a big photo of Saddam waving his angry finger, which is, you know, this whole trial has basically allowed him to reposition himself as the defender of Iraq. And apparently a lot of, you know, the Sunni in, in Iraq are willing to go along with that since the uh, reaction to the verdict seems to be uh, falling along sectarian lines. 
but uh, this is not really the main story of the day. I don't understand why the New York Times makes that call to make it the big headline. Um, to the left of that, we have an article, Bush trumpets verdict in Iraq as some polls lift GOP spirit. Well, in a way, the New York Times is part of that phenomena mm -hmm. because they themselves are trumpeting the story when it really isn't a major story. I mean, everybody in the, I mean, does anybody not know that Saddam Hussein is a jerk? Well, it was everybody a, knows. Yeah, and it was a show trial in the most obvious sense of the of the uh, word. Uh, this trial has had all sorts of irregularities, to say the least. Of course, you know the facts are, of course, that Saddam Hussein committed all sorts of atrocities. Undeniable, but uh, I don't know. The timing of the verdict is a little odd. Well, and I'm wondering why Donald Rumsfeld hasn't been named as an unindicted co-conspirator. Exactly, or uh, any sort of re-examination of American policy uh, with respect to Iraq during the 1980s when, uh, as I've pointed out before, you didn't hear a peep out of any of these neoconservatives or conservatives about removing Saddam Hussein when he was our friend. Recall that, of course, the Commerce Department in the mid-'80s approved anthrax sales uh, to Saddam Hussein. Um, good for business, apparently. There were a couple of New Jersey uh, biotech firms involved in the transfer of uh, anthrax to uh, Saddam Hussein. Um, yeah, it's uh, pretty pretty scary. And then, of course, we have these this odd uh, unemployment report that comes out over the weekend, Um What's interesting about this report, just real quickly, is as I've pointed out in previous elections, the Republicans are very good at this. They announce a jobs report, then they upwardly revise the previous two months, which which they did this past Friday. Uh, they claim that the... Uh, the government, uh, let's see, it says employers have been hiring at a more robust pace, and I'm quoting from the Jeremy Peters article in Saturday's New York Times, uh, a more a robust uh, pace, having nearly tripled its estimate of job growth in September to 148,000. It also revised August's numbers to 230,000 from 188,000. Farther down in the, in the article, you discover that uh, the m biggest percentage of increase in jobs was the 92,000 jobs added by government. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Aren't the Republicans the get-rid-of-big-government party? Where is the government hiring? I'm, I'm kind of curious. Oh, the CIA is now advertising on uh, afternoon cartoon time after-school kitty TV shows. Yeah. Equal Opportunity Employer. CIA. So my prediction is that you'll see revisions of both of these revisions in a couple of months. Mm -hmm. They'll be quietly buried in the unemployment report. The other thing that's strange, of course, is that um, in the article, uh, the uh, author writes, compared to the employment boom of the late 90s, though, job growth remains relatively modest. Moreover, the percentage of working age population that's employed at 63.3% is still below its peak of 64.7% set in April of 2000. Well, if basically a, a percentage and a half percent of the population less is working, how has the unemployment rate gone down? And how can you argue that all these jobs have been created when the population has gone up uh, by probably about 5 million uh, that gives you an idea of where the true unemployment uh, numbers are really at and that the 
unemployment rate that they've announced, the 4.4%, that of course were touted all weekend by the Republican Party that the economy is doing better, uh, quite well, etc., um, is based on the household survey. We, we don't know any of the details about how the household survey is conducted, and it's very strange that there's a discrepancy. The household survey, by the way, claims that uh, there were 437,000 jobs created in October. Where? <laughs> the government? Uh, the construction companies are laying people off. Crystal meth dealers? <laughs> yeah. Uh, pro- the, the, the temporary workers, by the way, that are involved in elections is probably what it is. You know, the people that are banging on your door and calling. Could be. Dick DeVos. He's for jobs in Michigan. You know, whatever. <laughs> It's incredible. So I am very skeptical of these uh, numbers here. Uh, I've seen this in 2002 and 2004. You'll see revisions downward uh, in a couple of months. You can bet the farm on that. Well, you may need to if you're out in the uh, farming belt. Speaking of Dick DeVos and (laughs) things going other places, I normally would, would not read a letter to the editor from the Ann Arbor News, but this one... Really, I think listeners need to hear this if you've if you've not read this. Um, this is from Barbara and George Perkins of Ann Arbor, and they write: "Those irritating computer-dialed political phone calls are back again. It is particularly galling that calls to my home from the campaign of Dick DeVos, whose ads present him as the best choice to bring jobs to Michigan, are originating from area code 702, mm-hmm. far from our beloved state." Why isn't DeVos hiring Michigan workers to make his phone calls? These calls are coming from Nevada. Yay. So Reno calling. I'm not sure if that's where his you know, gambling monies are budgeted or if he's got some secret holdings there. Uh, who knows? But, I mean, he's spending so much money on this campaign. You know, I've been telling myself, well, maybe at least the Amway guy is spending that money in state, you know, helping the economy of Michigan. But apparently, no. Maybe it's the naughty 900 number operators who, during their spare time, are um, freelancing for the Dick DeVos campaign. Yeah, I think uh, luckily for Michigan, he's uh, going to come up a little short. Um, I haven't seen any polls showing him getting over 43%. And uh, he's a scary man. He's run a very good campaign, all things considered. He's basically tried to project himself as a agent of change. That's his vague message. I'm for change. Well, of course, changing the gender of the governor uh, would be pretty much what that's limited to. Yeah, well, what the uh, change theme is, of course, is this is a theme that the Democrats have been running all over the country. So it uh, sort of fits into the change theme, and DeVos apparently is hoping to ride that wave. But uh, well, his family has been at the highest levels of the state Republican Party for forever. Yeah. So there's no change there. They've Their fingerprints are all over the Engler train wreck. And the Metro Times had a superb article several weeks ago about the uh, really frightening connections between Dick DeVos and a lot of right-wing hate groups, <clears throat> as well as think tanks, that have got us in this Iraq war to begin with. Uh, an interesting thing from the Harper's Index Number of fifty, uh, number of the fifty states that are still not in compliance with the uh, 2002 Help uh, America Vote Act eight, number that now use electronic voting mis- machines with no recountable. 
paper trail. 15. How did the Republicans win this election? The old uh, unrecountable paper trail. Luckily in America, the number of optical scanner systems has gone way up. And fortunately here in Ann Arbor, um, we have those machines. And that's why you've uh, not seen the Republicans do suspiciously well here in Ann Arbor. Um, But they have done suspiciously well in many areas of the country. I still maintain they stole 50,000 votes at 